0: So, as a culture, we're like, we want people to be real. We want them to be authentic. We don't want to just play show the best picture of me game. But we have to have patience when we develop relationships because authenticity and intimacy is not the same thing.
1: Welcome to Cultivating the Lovely. I'm your host, Mackenzie Kappa. And around here, we know that life is hard and we have to do everything we can to just make it a little bit more lovely. So it's my mission to bring you great conversations, practical tools and information, and a healthy dose of community to help make those things happen. If you want to find out more, you can go to our website at cultivatingthelovely.com, visit our amazing membership community at patreon.com cultivatingthelovely, or by connecting with me on Instagram, which is one of my favorite places to interact with all of you. You can find me at Mackenzie Coppa. Thanks so much for joining me today. Okay, ladies, you may notice that over the past, I don't know, six months or so, I've been having a few more ladies on the show to be talking about friendship. It is a topic that is so often brought up to me by all of you because female friendships can be hard. And this book and today's author, I think, are so on the ball with how to develop healthy female friendships. In her book All My Friends Have Issues, Amanda Anderson really kind of creates a manual for all of us on how to deal with conflict and getting friends and what's the difference between authenticity and intimacy and all sorts of topics that are so relevant to what we're dealing with in friendships today, especially with social media and all that sort of thing. I can't recommend this book highly enough. I'm so excited about it and I'm excited about this conversation with Amanda. But before we jump in right there, I just wanted to say thank you to all of you who have helped carry me and my family through the past couple of weeks. They've been very difficult, but I am so, so grateful to all of you who have done that. And we continue to appreciate your prayers moving forward as we adjust into our new life. If you would like more details about how things ended up and what is happening with our family, then you can be sure to follow me on Instagram at Mackenzie Coppa. And then if you want the real insider look and more of the details, you can come over to Patreon. That's patreon.com slash cultivating the lovely. That's where we have our amazing group of ladies. Now that all of this is behind us, we'll be resuming with our morning shows again, which are so much fun. I love being able to connect with everyone in those shows. And we chat every morning about fun things and serious things. And it's just such a great time to be able to get your day going. You can also get the podcast ad free and oftentimes early if you are in there, which is a fun, little perk and there's all sorts of other things that we are doing with that group so if you want to be a part of it come over and join us on patreon.com slash cultivating the lovely but without further ado let's get on with this episode about friendship with amanda anderson welcome
0: amanda hi thanks for having me
1: i am so excited to have you here today for a few reasons i've had this book in my hot little hands for too long now. <laughs> Did it come out in July?
0: It came out in July, okay. yeah.
1: Yeah, I've had it in my hands for way too long. And then it was just like, I, I get so far booked out with interviews, but I kept looking at it. Some of them it's just like, oh, it's past. I'm just gonna let that one go. But this one just kept calling to me. And I ended up listening to your audiobook, which was so much fun to hear it in your voice. And it was so good. And it's a question that so many people ask me about. I mean, it's one of the top things I think people ask me about is how Mm -hmm. do you get female friendships, maintain female friendships? Like, what does that look like? I think a lot of women have a lot of baggage around this topic of female friendship. And you just, you address it from so many different angles in this book and helpful, like really practical advice That I've had other people on the show talking about friendship, but I felt like this book offers a little bit different perspective and it's almost like a how-to manual of like doing it well. And so I definitely wanted to have you on the show because I think it's such a gold mine of things that people really
0: need to hear. Thank you so much. Yeah. But before we get into all that, would you introduce yourself? Sure. So my name is Amanda Anderson. And I have a background in journalism. I was a magazine editor for years, gave that up to stay home with my two gorgeous daughters and started a speaking ministry while I was at home with my kids. I was super involved with Mops International at my home church and started speaking to young moms groups. And now I teach at women's retreats and conferences and also in 12-step recovery ministries all over California and in some other states as well as things are picking up with the book sales.
1: Yeah. Oh, I bet. That is so fun. That's like one of my (laughs) dreams is I've done some of it, but doing more of it would just be amazing. So I love talking to people who are out there doing it.
0: Yeah, I love it. I can't believe people pay me to talk. It's like getting paid to eat cheesecake. It's yeah. just so fun.
1: <laughs> are you one of those people that like, because I have friends who are speakers who after they do it, they just feel so drained. But then I know like if, when I speak, I'm like jazzed. I'm like ready for the next thing. I'm super excited. So
0: how
1: how do you respond in the actual moment of doing the speaking and right afterward?
0: I am pretty wound up right okay. afterwards. Like if I've spoken in the evening, my husband knows I'm not going to bed for hours. Yeah. And then I'm exhausted the next day. Yeah. But um, I get so, I'm never nervous, but I'm full of adrenaline afterwards. So I've been known to leave things, places. I mean, like I've left my laptop. I leave mini jackets. I just go talk <laughs> to people and get all yeah. excited and then drive off without my stuff because oh, I'm, I'm so jazzed from being up on stage. I love that. That that
1: sounds much more like what I am like. But mm-hmm. that's, I'm that's an fun. extrovert
0: in the extreme. That's yes. for sure.
1: I love it. So you wrote this book and I want to dive into it a lot. But first, I always love getting kind of the backstory on how a book came to be. Mm-hmm. So would you tell us just like your book journey and process with this book?
0: Sure. So I wrote um, another book first. It was called, well, it was originally called, and this is a funny story, so I'm going to tell it. It was originally called An Amateur Woman. And it was a book about um, learning to basically cultivate loveliness in our (sighs) life, to live according to what we love and value rather Mm -hmm. than what we fear or dislike. And so one of the tools that I unpacked in that book was having authentic, healthy friendships that could kind of spur us on to love and good deeds. And um, through that book, I signed with an agent, a literary agent. And as I was, for any of you who are trying to publish a book or have published a book, you know that they want you to have an audience before you try to sell a book, which is difficult. It's difficult to get an audience if you don't have a book. Yeah. Yeah. So I was in the process, that kind of process of getting more speaking engagements. And I booked MomCon, which is the Mops International Leadership Convention in Kansas City that year. And I was going to be teaching this subject, All My Friends Have Issues, and building remarkable relationships with imperfect people. So my agent very wisely wrote all of the Publishers that were going to be at that convention just to introduce them to me so that they could come and meet me in person. And in that process, my editor, who is my current editor, Jenny Baumgartner at Thomas Nelson, said, um, can we see her manuscript? So they sent my manuscript and she said, we love the chapter on friendship and we're wondering if she could write an entire book on friendship and could she call it All My Friends Have Issues? And I said, yes, yes, I can. I would love to do that. That's awesome. So it was very exciting. They, I was camping on vacation when I got the email, mm. and I sat next to the river in the campground and wrote the outline in my journal. I came home, I wrote two chapters in three days, sent it to Thomas Nelson, and they bought it. And it was amazing. They gave me an offer the day before I left for mom con. And then I wrote the book on spec. It took about nine months to write it and 18 months from signing to getting it out in the marketplace. And it has been such a fun journey.
1: Oh, I love when it's those kind of stories. Like it's so clearly the imprint of God's hand On how it all came together. Like, Mm -hmm. that wasn't even what you were planning on doing, but somebody like sees something in Mm -hmm. what you're putting out there and is like, no, this is what we want. I just, I love seeing how all those pieces fall into place.
0: Yeah, it was literally God's decision what I was going to write about. And so I figured, well, then He's the one that's going to make it work. (laughs) So it took a lot of pressure off. And really, I broke all the rules. I mean, so many of the publishing rules are how many followers you have to have before this happens. And um, so people are coming out of the woodwork. How'd you do it? I'm like, God did it. I just have been faithfully blogging, writing, speaking for like eight years. And, and here we are. So I just want to keep speaking so I can write more and write more so I can speak more.
1: Yeah.
0: And I feel really blessed to be doing this.
1: Oh, I love those kind of stories. I think it gives us (laughs) That's all hope who are like putting things out there and just like wanting God's direction to see like it happens, but it's just not gonna be the way that you expect it.
0: To right. Happen. Totally. Well, and I wrote a blog for years that I swear nobody read except my cousins yeah. who live out of state, you know, but I just yep. kept writing it because and and everything that I've done has come out of that. So it it's just important to every day get up and create something. Yeah. Because creativity begets creativity and you just have to keep keep doing it.
1: Yeah. I agree, I agree mm-hmm. but this is totally off the topic, but well, it, it fits, but it's a, a weird story. My dad told me, I think about a year ago, because he used to be a car salesman. And he said, like, uh-huh. there's, like, this new car salesman who came in and he was saying, you know, well, I want to be, like, the, the guy who's been here for all these years and I want to make as much money as he does. And, like, he just couldn't figure out what it was that, like, how he was able to maintain such, like, consistent commissions and, you know, like, keep growing his business and it wasn't until like a year later that he finally realized like oh it's because that guy is faithful in the little things Mm -hmm. every single day he's faithful to call back the people that he's talked to he's faithful to you know be looking at what the ads are and like he does all these little things but because he's consistently doing it he's able to get bigger Mm -hmm. deals and you know Right,
0: it's just taking small risks every day, pushing yeah. through the the resistance, and that is very applicable in making friendships. So we can talk about that, pushing yeah, through the yeah. small risks on a day to day basis. Yes,
1: yeah. Well, I love just right from the get go. I mean, the title of the book, obviously, Thomas Nelson thought you were on <laughs> something <laughs> because it's so true, and I think it's kind of what we all need to hear. That like Mm -hmm. everybody has stuff. It's something that when people ask me like, oh, I'm so nervous about, you know, I'm in this mom's group and I don't know how to really like meet the other moms in the group. I always Mm -hmm. tell them like, but you have to remember that all the other moms in the group feel the same way you do. Yeah, so you got to yeah. step out there and be the one to be like, okay, I'm going to cross that threshold. I'm going to put myself out there. But just realizing, yeah, all my friends have issues. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. See, I have
0: and I have adolescent girls and I watch them go through it walking into high school and middle school. Yeah. And being afraid that no one will sit with them, you know. Mm-hmm. And and they're, you know, beautiful, confident, smart girls, but everybody struggles with that. And I tell them that, I'm like everyone is looking around hoping that someone will connect with them, be the one That says hello to the stranger. And that's true for grown-up women. It's the same thing. And it's just as scary when you're grown-up. I don't know why,
1: but it is. Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, we've been at my daughter's school. You know, this is our second year that we're there. But last year, I just wasn't really able to get very involved. I met like a couple of moms, you know, sort of towards the end of the year. But this year, like I'm volunteering for all these things, probably getting myself in over my head. We can talk about that later. <laughs> There's a part in your book that addresses that. But I I finally like I'm volunteering for cross country. My daughter's on the cross country team. So I'm, I'm there every day and having to be like,
0: Ugh. I'm going to
1: meet you. I'm going to like put myself out there. And say, hey. I see you walking like next to my car every day so who are you like I'm Mackenzie nice to meet you and it's the hardest thing but then they're always like oh I'm so glad you said something you know or we found out that everyone Mm -hmm. helping with my daughter's cross-country team literally all of us go to the same church and none of us had any idea. (laughs) kids are getting a lot of screen time these days. I'm not going to lie, my kids have their own Kindles and I love when I can have them be on an app that is actually going to benefit them. And for me, the top app that I have my girls on is Homer Reading. It's the proven Learn to Read program powered by your child's passions and the great part is my girls like it just as much as I do and so they love being on it. Homer Reading combines your child's passions which I think is really unique. They actually have them pick the things that they're interested in and their current reading level to create a personalized learn to read plan it's designed for kids ages two to eight and it offers thousands of lessons on phonics sight words abcs and more and it grows with your child Plus, it works. Just 15 minutes a day of Homer reading was shown to increase early reading scores by 74%. Other things that I think are awesome about this membership is that it's designed for the whole family. You can actually add up to four customizable profiles and you get two apps, Homer Stories, a love-to-read library of interactive stories, and Homer Reading, the proven learn-to-read program. And it is actually the only program that teaches children to read step-by-step. It's not just for practice. And your kids are going to love the stories, everything from class. Classic fairy tales like Little Red Riding Hood to new favorites like Angelina Ballerina. So, if you would love to offer your kids a personalized experience in learning how to read, you can go to learnwithhomer.com/lovely to start a free 30-day trial. Again, that's learnwithhomer.com/lovely for a free 30-day trial.
0: Yeah, you know, just being the first one to speak up is so helpful sometimes. But you, people will ask me, well, what if I ask someone out for coffee and they don't want to go? Yeah. And I'm like, when was the last time you were upset that someone said that they liked you and wanted this time with you? Yeah. I mean, it might not work out. You might not connect, but it's always lovely to to be told, I'm interested in getting to know you better. We're all hoping someone likes us. It's most people aren't offended that you would like to know them. Most people are kind of excited about that. Yeah,
1: absolutely. And then moving from that, as you, Mm -hmm. you know, you do start to establish those friendships and stuff, I thought what you had to say in the book about authenticity and then authenticity versus intimacy was Mm -hmm. so profound. Would you just kind of talk about that for a minute?
0: Absolutely. You know, we, are in a culture where people are competitive and are on Instagram and are saying, I'm not sure, you know, we're just showing each other our highlight reels. So as a culture, we're like, we want people to be real. We want them to be authentic. We don't want to just play show the best picture of me game. Yeah. Right. But um, we have to have patience when we develop relationships because authenticity and intimacy is not the same thing. Yeah, Intimacy is something we have to work toward And we need to build confidence in people in order to show them our deepest things. Mm -hmm. And I have talked to so many women as I've written the book or as I speak on this, the book was really informed by questions I got asked and conversations that I had with people. And one of the things that happens is sometimes people do this interesting thing where they tell you their darkest secret right at the beginning as a dare, like, let me just tell you the weirdest thing about me. And then you, if you want to run, you'll just go now. Yeah. And the problem is, is that that usually will succeed in scaring people away from you, you know, there because it shows something that you haven't quite gained a social skill or emotional maturity enough to know when the right timing is. Does Mm -hmm. that make sense? Yeah. So we're looking to build, there's, there's circles of intimacy in our lives. There are a few people that know the whole story. And I think that's really critical to have a few people in your life that, that know as much as you can tell them about yourself. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't have to be everyone that you run with has that whole picture. Sometimes it's actually kind of peaceful to spend time with friends that you don't have to talk about the deepest stuff with all the time. Yeah. It's just Great to take walks to cheer for each other's kids on the soccer team. And over time, you may develop that relationship, but not all friendships will lead to deep intimacy.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is something that I have definitely felt over the past two years of like this major life shift that Mm -hmm. I've had. And at some point in the conversation, I mean, it's just kind of one of those things that comes up like, Mm -hmm. oh, you're in the middle of a divorce or like it just it it just does but even in that that can be one of those things that is very exposing but it's like well how much how much do you tell them how much do you you have to you have to be guarded and to not overwhelm people
0: Right, right. Well, and even say, for example, I would always tell people if you're building a friendship with someone, we don't want to have secrets so that you have to hide your true reality because it will, yeah, it will in it will impact how loving you can be if you're constantly trying to like cover your butt, basically. Yeah. So, like, if you have a child, say that is um on the autism spectrum, would be something that's going to impact your day to day life a lot, right? Yeah. How you spend your time. But is every person that you meet, do you want to share what um, your daily struggle looks like, your intimate um, feelings about that? Are you going to invite everybody into it? And sometimes the answer is no, and that's for your own good because um, people will give you all kinds of cockamamie advice or, you know, you can get, um, you. sometimes you just need a break from those realities. But so you're not being... there are kind of two ends of the spectrum. There are women who hide too much, right? Yeah. And then there are women who share everything because they feel like they're being inauthentic if they don't let you into everything that's going on. And um, somewhere yeah. in the middle is the healthy place to live. Yeah. And and like you said about the
1: circles, mm-hmm. like you do need to have those people who, mm-hmm. like as you talk about later in your book, can help keep you accountable and that sort of thing. But that isn't everyone. There's a certain amount of relationship that has to be established Mm -hmm. before someone should have not only that much knowledge of your life, but that ability, that right to speak back into it about what is happening.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Accountability isn't something for, you know, your your small group of 15, you know, that you meet with, it's for the people who really know your story. One of the things I hope is unique about this book is, is understanding the psychology of how relationships work Mm -hmm. and pursuing a kind of self-awareness that helps us to be safer in relationships with each other. And that is done in, in small doses. Yeah. One of one of the things that a lot of women's groups or conferences will focus on, one of our popular phrases right now is is find your tribe.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And you know, I love that. That's really fun. I think I speak at a lot of moms groups and they say, you know, welcome to your tribe. The interesting thing is that we don't live in a tribal culture. Yeah. You know, a tribal culture Sociologically speaking means that you 're with the same people from most of your life. You travel together, you do all of your life together. most of us don 't live that way anymore. We live in a much more transient culture. People move, jobs move people around if you 're in the military, you know you don 't have a tribe. Um, mm-hmm. What I focus on in my life, and I wrote a blog about this after the book came out is i don 't have a tribe. I have bridesmaids
1: mm,
0: so I have a community in my neighborhood I have neighbors and I have you know, the larger tribe of my church and the people I serve with, but, um, all of my best friends aren't necessarily best friends with one another. Mm, mm -hmm. There are close relationships that I've made over the decades that are intimate in my life and they come together on my special occasions, you know, and they love each other, but they're not in intimate relationship with one another necessarily. I think that's a lot um, of pressure relieved on our relationships. Yeah, When it's like, I have to show up in church and find a tribe of 10 people that we're all going to be in this together, like the TV show Friends or the millennial version New Girl. And in reality, that's not very practical. Yeah. And it puts a real high expectation on our relationships that isn't really rooted in how we actually live today.
1: Mm -hmm. Well, and even how you talk about in the book like we a lot of times are looking for like that one person who mm-hmm. will fulfill all the things that we want in a friendship <laughs> and it takes like getting a little older and realizing like oh it took five people to have all those characteristics that i needed from right. that one person that i thought i was looking for right Ladies, we're more than halfway through October. That means that the holidays are quickly approaching. And you know one thing that happens a lot during the holidays? Eating. And you know what's going to make your life a lot easier? Planning all that eating in advance with plan to eat You guys, this website is a lifesaver. And it's not only a website. They have an amazing companion app that is going to help you get all of those meals planned down to the itty-bitty detail. All you do is load up all your family recipes that you already know and love and fit your guys' dietary products And once you do that, that's the most work you're ever going to do with the app, then you just drag and drop everything right onto your little calendar, which you can even sync up with your Google calendar so you can see everything in one spot. But you do all that and then you can even make menus. So you could plan all your holiday meals this year and then make it into a menu and just copy that menu again next year, saving yourself a ton of work in the future. Of course, it works the same for any other week of the year. You can plan meals now that you're going to repeat next month or the month after it is there to help you and with that handy little app that I mentioned you're always gonna have your shopping list in your pocket you're always gonna remember what it is you are planning on making for dinner when those kids start saying "When are we gonna have well you're gonna know and you're gonna have all your shopping done because when you went to the store you had the entire shopping list in your app you don't have to worry about forgetting it anymore and if you ever have any questions the plan to eat people are there to help you usually giving you a response within 12 hours plan to eat is a subscription service costing $4.95 a month month or $39 a year, but you guys, they're going to give you a free 60-day trial just because you're my listeners. You can just go to to plantoeat.com slash lovely and you will get that 60 days free. You don't even have to put in a credit card and then you can carry that over into a subscription after you've tried it and fallen in love with it as I know you will. So go to to plantoeat.com slash lovely for that 60-day
0: free trial. Again, that's plantoeat.com slash lovely. And that's like safeguarding your life, too. I just taught a women's retreat this weekend, and it was on the theme of letting go of perfectionism in our faith and in our relationships. And I talked to two women. I'm going to guess they were in their late 60s. And both of them said, you know, I just got, had a terrible breakup with a friend, and she was my only friend mm-hmm. for the last five to 10 years. And they're like, you know, what did I do wrong? It's always hard to get asked, what did I do wrong? I don't know you. I just met you. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what you did wrong, but I can. T- or if it was something she did wrong. But what I can tell you is having only one friend for five to 10 years is setting yourself up for a failure. That's a yeah. lot of pressure on one relationship. It really is. Yeah. And was, was that because you weren't willing to open yourself to a larger group of people, or was it because that one friend demanded that of you? Because that's a red flag. Yeah. Yeah. If you have a friend who wants to be your one and only, that is a red flag in mm-hmm. a relationship because the women that I love deeply, I am so happy that they have other loving relationships in their yeah. life. I do not demand to be their one and only, nor do they demand to be mine. Like I will say my best friend, and I could be referring to one of three people when mm-hmm. I say that, and they are not intimidated by each other.
1: Yes. They're not threatened mm-hmm. that there are other people that are going to take their their role or whatever, that is Mm -hmm. something I have definitely, I would say probably in the last five years, especially really like ruminated in that because like Mm -hmm. I have my friend who I call my best friend, Mm -hmm. but I have this group of really four ladies Mm -hmm. who they, they share the burden of being right.
0: (laughs) They bear the burden of your issues. (laughs) Yes. one, one woman's not enough for me. It's too much for her to handle. Yes, yes. <laughs> she can't, she can't handle me by herself.
1: Yes, exactly. And I know like which one I need, like I get to trade off like which one I'm sharing the heaviest stuff <laughs> right. with, you know, and I know like certain ones of them, like can take like this heavy thing that mm. I like, Oh, she, she won't mind if I leave her 20 minute Marco Polo. So I'll send that to her. And then like this right. gal, you know, if. I'm having a, you know, tough day. I can just send out that like SOS and she'll show up at my doorstep with Mm -hmm. chocolate and a new plant because I killed my last,
0: you know, like, yeah, probably probably do that for them too. You know, our friends, I really look at friendship as an amazing tool for spiritual growth and a way to save money on therapy. I really believe in professional (laughs) therapy, but, um, I need I need more support, help, comfort, consolation, and encouragement than I can pay to receive. And I think that's (laughs) right. I mean, when the Bible was written, professional therapists did not exist. It's one of the great reasons to be living in 2019. Yeah. Um, But, you know, God had provision for us to be healthy. I have friends who have teenage daughters, and so they have unique things to offer me and vice versa. Mm-hmm. I have friends who have also gone through 12-step recovery journey, which I have done. And so there's certain language that we have and tools that we have. I know I'm mm-hmm. going to go to them um, and, and vice versa. So the body of Christ is big, and we have different talents and, and needs, that get met in different ways. And it's made to be that way. We were not made to be in one relationship. I think I say in the book, I wanted a husband and a wife. Yeah. You know, (laughs) like someone who was like biblically mandated to meet my emotional needs. And that got me into some trouble over the years. I talk in the book about being kind of a serial monogamist in my female relationships
1: Yeah, where I really
0: had some bad breakups over the years, and I finally realized at about age 37, I think I might be the common denominator here. Yeah, um, I think I should look at myself for a little bit and what it is that I'm expecting people to be for me, and what yeah. am I expecting of myself? Yeah, that might not be reasonable.
1: Yeah, well, and and even coming back to that accountability piece, I think having those varied people in your life. So, you know, you have a lot of different perspectives. Mm -hmm. It's Like, I always think that's interesting when I'm making a big decision or I'm wrestling with something that's going on. I feel like I get a more clear picture when Mm -hmm. I present it to a lot of them and they all kind of come back. I know if there's a big consensus, then it's like, okay.
0: Oh, I love the consensus. Yeah. That makes it so much easier. Yeah. (laughs)
1: Well, and honestly, I mean, you talked about accountability in the book in, in such a great way. And I, I kind of want to dwell on this for a second. But, yeah, let's, um, it's for when we're out of line, but also when we're in a situation that is just not healthy. I mean, it uh-huh. took years and years of many different women who were involved in my life saying, Hey, did you know you're being abused? Or Mm -hmm. "Mm, what is happening here is not right. Or I see something that's happening with your marriage that I've seen happen in other marriages. And this was the results to the kids. And this was, Mm -hmm. you know, before I was able to say, okay, I'm I'm willing to remove us from this situation.
0: Yeah, I'm willing to look at that. I have to say it's one of the pieces of the book I'm, I'm proudest of. Yeah. Um, because in Christianity, I grew up in Sunday school mm-hmm. and um, going through, you know, small groups and accountability partners. And I, I believe the Bible absolutely calls us to help encourage one another into holiness. Mm-hmm. Like if, if I have a friend that I see doing something dangerous to her heart or to hurt people around her, I'm, I want to speak up and I want her to tell me as well if I'm out of line. Yeah. But one of the things that we also need to talk about is standing up for our friends when Mm -hmm. they're not having healthy boundaries. Um, in the book, I call it the, what TF were they thinking ministry and F stands for fudge. Um, but I have had (laughs) a number of times where someone has said to me, what did, what, what do they think they're doing? They can't talk to you like that. Why are you accepting that behavior? Um, and, and in small ways, I'm a mom. We need to do that with our mom friends. Sometimes just, it doesn't have to be a toxic, dangerous situation, but sometimes you just need someone to speak into, girl, your kids are running you ragged. You are allowed to say no. Yeah. You know, you are trying, and then, and then we can unpack like, sweetie, why are you struggling so much with saying no to this? Like, this is like the fourth time you've driven your high schoolers homework. to to school is that what you want to be doing you know so simple stuff I posted on Facebook this was a few years ago Facebook can be great for accountability if you have good friends (laughs) I actually find personally I have found social media to be really encouraging based on the people that I'm in community with on social media
1: yeah that's um, the difference, making sure you have good.
0: good yeah.
1: On there. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I don't engage personally, I don't engage in anything controversial mm-hmm. on Facebook. I don't think it's helpful. I don't think it yeah. ever changed anybody's mind nope. by, you know, commenting. But um, I had posted at the beginning of my daughter's school year, uh, school's going back. Worst thing about it is packing lunches. And it was so funny. All these people wrote, your kids are in sixth and eighth grade or ninth. I forget what it was. Why yeah. are you still packing their lunches? I'm like, Wait a second! Why yeah. am I still packing their <laughs> yeah. lunches? But there um, are so that was really helpful, and it was a type of accountability. Like um, it was someone speaking into my life and saying, "You're doing something that you don't need to be doing." Yeah. But in so much more serious situations, we can really hurt women in the church if we encourage mm-hmm. them to stay long-suffering in abusive marriages
1: mm-hmm.
0: or or with abusive parents. Yeah. Um, I mean, grown women can still be hopping through hoops from toxic parental relationships. Yeah. And it it can devastate their marriages. Yeah. I teach on boundaries to young moms and I hear so much stuff going on where like they are struggling in their marriages because one of them is still trying to, to please their parents in unreasonable ways. Yeah. And there's some accountability biblically where you have to go, you and your husband are supposed to be one, you don't have to keep doing, you know, what your Mm -hmm. father expects from you when you're 40 years old. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, And and what you're describing, like, yeah, I've seen in the book, I talk about a lady who came into one of our fellowships and she was sharing about her marriage. And my friend and I were like, oh yeah, the first year of marriage is really hard. My husband and I fought the most in our first year of marriage that we ever did. We've been married 20 years now. When the kids are young, that's the other time you fight a lot. And she said, you know, he's only left bruises on my arms a couple of times. And we're like, whoa, 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 wait, wait. what, What? no, that is not normal. That is not okay. Unfortunately, um, she left, she did not come back. I don't know Mm -hmm. what happened to that sweet lady. We didn't know, we know her well. I'm hoping that people close to her began to say that because most women who are in abusive situations need more than one person to tell them.
1: Yeah. Well, especially if there are no bruises
0: if right if there it's are only psychological the emotional abuse. ones
1: and the psychological stuff, mm-hmm. that is very, very hard because we're told mm-hmm. to just be submissive and mm-hmm. you know all all the things, and so often i mean I, I say this pretty often, but the person who walks away gets blamed by the church instead of the person who caused mm-hmm. the leaving
0: right and
1: that is a very mixed up whole other issue that we're having Mm. in the church but without people who were other fervent christian believers right saying to me no this is not what jesus called you to your husband is supposed to love you the way that jesus loves the church like this is not what is happening Mm. here and you need to not only protect yourself but your kids Mm. you know that, that's a different kind of accountability of pushing someone to make a big step in their right? life. Yeah.
0: Well, well, and the good news is we are the church, yeah. right? We are the church. Our yes. friends are the church. Yeah. When we are in relationship with women who know Jesus, that's the church. Yeah. So the, their opinions matter. Them knowing us is important. We, you, know, you can walk into, I'm going to give an example. I was in um. Let's see, I have to think about this. Can I give this example? Is it all about me? It's always (laughs) challenging what I do because my story is my work. I have an English lit degree. I'm not a psychologist, I'm an amateur studier of psychology and sociology. I've read a ton of books, I've been to a million lectures, you know, and I retain it and try to synthesize it. But I need to share my story, but it's always challenging because my story intersects with other people's story, and I need to be respectful of that. but I, we, I was in a group of, a, a, you know, a Bible study, mm-hmm. and there was one woman that we'd known for years had been struggling with a really difficult relationship with her parents, and she had some legit reasons that she needed to set some boundaries because she was getting sucked dry in a non-biblical way. Like, her parents were not demanding honor. They were demanding worship. Mm-hmm. And we had a new uh, woman join our group who had had, um, put her parents through a lot in her life and was really grateful that they hadn't given up on her. So she came into the group and when she heard someone start sharing about needing to set boundaries with her parents, she said, you should just be grateful they're alive. My parents are dead and you need to honor your parents. And we're like, okay, first of all, we don't give advice in this group, Yeah, but secondly, like you don't have enough information. Yeah. to tell someone what to do. Mm -hmm. That's one of the things I talk a lot about in the book that we can be really good encouragers when encouragement comes in the form of advice. But when we haven't really listened to someone, we don't know their story. We don't know their issues. We don't know the strongholds in their life, their emotional past. We have no business telling them what to do until we know their story.
1: Yeah. Well, I love how you even talked about in the book, like biblically speaking, Mm -hmm. the things that were talked about, about giving correction were Mm -hmm. often really targeted to the, the leaders and the Mm -hmm. pastors and the teachers. It wasn't like this blanket idea that we should all just go around correcting each other Mm -hmm. all the time. And I think of it just like when a, someone writes like a celebrity, a rebuke. (laughs) You know, uh-huh. like sends them a letter of, I see what is wrong in your life and you need to come to Jesus. Like, you have no basis of any sort of relationship to be giving that person advice. They they do not have to listen to you, nor should they, because you are just a completely random person to them. And this has not been what you are called to do. Like, you don't have that place.
0: So, I hope this, I don't mean this as a political statement in any way, but unfortunately, what I see the church doing in culture is rebuking those who don't follow Jesus. Yes and it is not attractive. It is not bring, I don't believe it brings people to Christ. I believe we bring people to Christ through individual relationships, Mm -hmm. through loving and being with people the way Jesus did. He rebuked, his rebukes were to the religious people who were supposed to know who he was. He did not rebuke the pagan crowds for not following Jewish law. And this really surprised me, that that rebuke versus restoration that came out in the book. I discovered that in researching the book, that almost every place it said that scripture is used for rebuke was written to either Titus or Timothy, who were pastoring churches.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So they were acknowledged as having the spiritual gifts of teaching and shepherding, and they were rebuking in authority as, as elders, yeah. or even like in our case from the pulpit, here's the great practical thing about that. Have you ever sat in a sermon and you heard um, the pastor say something that felt like it was coming right at you? Mm-hmm. And who was actually coming right at you? It was the Holy Spirit. Yeah. The pastor doesn't know you. He's not yeah. coming right at you with the rebuke. And God knows yeah. That we can receive it that way. Yes. I am not defensive when the pastor says something. But if you who just met me come up and rebuke yeah. me, I am not going to take that well. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, God knows how we receive love information and correction. hmm And my pastor, I wish this was my line, but it was his. He said, if you're not going to be part of the restoration, then you yeah. shouldn't be part of the rebuke. Yeah set isn't that I mean it's so tender and it's what works yeah.
1: Okay, ladies, we're going to take a quick break to talk about nutrition for our kiddos and our babies. Because did you know that the first 1000 days from conception until age two has been identified by scientists as the most important period of a human's life for nutrition? And yet all the baby food pouches you see at the grocery store are shelf stable, highly processed and usually full of sugar. What you feed your baby when they first start eating solid foods affects their palate, health, and well-being for the rest of their life. But who has time to cook every single meal from scratch? We're all looking for convenient hacks and shortcuts that give us time back. But you shouldn't have to sacrifice on quality, especially when it comes to our kids. Yumi is a new brand that offers parents a better option. Fresh, nutrient-dense superfoods for your baby that are made with clean ingredients and are shipped right to your doorstep every week. As a busy parent, we all know how hard it can be to find time to cook every meal, so Yumi is a worry-free option that helps make mealtime just a little bit easier. As a leader in childhood nutrition, Yumi makes fresh, nutrient-dense purees for babies, as well as snacks and finger foods for toddlers and older kids. Their nutritionists curate your kids' meals based on their upcoming milestones to make sure that they have what they need for healthy brain and physical development. The menu rotates every week, so your child is exposed to a wide variety of textures and flavors on a regular basis, and they have more than seven flavors, saving you hours in the kitchen. And the best part is, it's shipped straight to your door. Yumi sources fresh produce from local organic farms so you know your child is eating the cleanest ingredients that support their development. So you can just check out the menu and create an account of HelloYumi.com. Choose a milestone plan where a box will be curated based on your child's age and development, or customize your own jars based on your baby's personal flavor preferences. Sit back and relax while chefs prepare your food. And Yumi parents get access to a hotline with nutrition experts and weekly content custom to their child via text, email, and a digital dashboard. So if you would like to get $60 off your first month of Yumi, head to helloyumi.com and enter the promo code LOVELY at checkout. Again, that's helloyumi.com, H-E-L-L-O-Y-U-M-I.com, and enter the code LOVELY for $60 off your first month. But, But even at that, sometimes I think some people who go up to someone Practically sight unseen and mm-hmm. confront them. Yeah, they're fully prepared to like. You make. Sure <laughs> I'm in it with you. You know, <laughs> but come it's, with me yeah. to my
0: twelve step recovery group. I've yeah. decided you need to be there. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not a foolproof. Yeah. It's yeah. not a foolproof thing. <laughs> yeah. It's. It's. You still
1: have to have the relationship preceding that. Mm-hmm. You know, I think for that to be effective. And it's just, it's Mm -hmm. not, it's not fair to those people because I think so much damage is being done really Mm -hmm. in the name of the church to bring people to God when really they're, we're turning people off left and right because we're rebuking with no relationship.
0: Right. Well, I work in a care and recovery department at my church as a volunteer technically, but you know the church yeah. is kind of run by volunteers. Yeah. but one of the things that they've trained us to do is to watch out for what we call double abuse or rewounding. Mm-hmm. So when someone comes to you with the story of having been abused or in a dangerous relationship, one of the most harmful things that we can do is not believe them or to tell mm-hmm. them, "Well, there's two sides to every story." Yeah. That's not always true. <laughs> there's yeah. not always two sides to every story. Yeah. Sometimes people are blatantly lying and hurting people. And yeah. someone is truly a victim in a situation. And so, what my personal life journey has been is by cultivating friendships that know me, that know my story. And I'm talking my story, like my yeah. childhood experiences. You know, when I received Jesus, what were the different mental health problems that I had throughout my life? I've overcome anxiety and depression. Um, and they know, you know, they know my family, they know my husband, they know my children. It's such a great asset. They love, because I'm loved, Mm -hmm. fully known. Yeah. And they are so for me that I can hear correction. My friend, Jen has said some of the harshest things to me. Yeah. Yeah. And it has been so helpful. Um, one, (laughs) one, One time she said, you know, it's as difficult for other people to change as it is for you to change. Yeah. I was like, oh, I hate you right now. I'm going to hang up and talk later. (laughs) But, you know, I was in a place where I was probably, we were probably talking about my marriage. Like, why won't my husband stop doing this thing? She's like, how many times has he asked you to stop something and you haven't been able to stop? Yeah. Oh, oh. (laughs) my uh, mentor calls that punching someone in the throat with a mitten. (laughs) Or she'll ask, sometimes we'll say, can I punch you in the throat? No mitten, which means, can I just give it to you straight with no padding, no compliment sandwich for you? Can I just yeah. tell you what <laughs> I see? Um, but, you know, the thing is, is I have said some tough things back to Jen. We've been friends yeah. for 18 years and she can take it, girl. Yeah. Like she wants to hear it. Yeah. That's,
1: and that's one of the most powerful things about friendship is being in a place where you know that you can tell somebody the truth and they're not going to be like, we're not friends anymore. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And that you can also receive it from them as hard
0: as that might be. Yeah. Because you have confidence in their, you know, their love for you. Yes. And they, One of the things that I talk about in the book is overcoming codependency, which is basically a belief that I'm here to help you yeah, or you're here to help me. And I don't know if I have anything to value besides my works and service. So Mm -hmm. I kind of get enmeshed in your life because my job is to help. Yeah. But when you have a confidence that people just like you, they just enjoy being around you, that who you are, who God made you to be is a joy to them. Yeah. Then you can receive correction because it's not about you. I've been married for 20 years and my husband is, honestly, I got so lucky. (laughs) Like he's fantastic. He's a great man. We have had struggles and fights and dark periods in our marriage, like all of us have. But in some ways I can hear correction from my girlfriends better than I can from him. Yeah, Because I know um, they can tell me and they can go on with their lives. We don't share a bed in a bank account. So if I don't improve, they don't really have as much skin in the game as my husband does. If he asks me to change something, the motive could be selfish. It could be for him. Yeah. My husband is usually coming from a place of love when he gives me feedback about how something could change. But there's also, he's got a a vested interest in my character because if I'm nicer, I'm easier for him to be around. Yeah my friends don't have quite as deep a vested interest. So in some ways I can hear their correction better. Mm -hmm. Uh, I trust, I can trust it more at certain times. Yeah. Um, It's been really beneficial for my marriage to have friends who will tell me, you know, right now this is kind of your issue. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm for you. I love you girl, but uh, you need to apologize to Jeff. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like, Oh, nuts. Okay
1: yeah that's so it's just it's so important I feel like we could talk about it all day long we could talk all day about this I know and there are there's so many other just like really great practical things in the book I mean a whole section about encouragement we just pretty much jumped over you guys really gotta <laughs> go and get the book or the audiobook it's just so excellent but I want to make sure that we we hit our our wrap-up questions so I think we'll, we'll move forward with those. <laughs> okay, okay. Sounds
0: good. That's great. I wish
1: we could camp out on the rest of it, but there's just never enough time. But then why would you buy the book? Exactly. So. <laughs> oh, oh, <I> know. <laughs> they really need to. Cause I, this is one of my favorites from this year, I think, and I get Thank sent a lot of books and it's, it's really good. So Thank good you. job. Okay. So what does a typical day look like for you?
0: I wake up in the morning around the same time that my kids do. I, this year have decided I do not try to do like devotional or quiet time until they leave the house. This has revolutionized my life because (laughs) I would try to do that and it didn't work. So I typically spend some time tidying. I actually, part of my favorite thing to do in the world is to sew and I love to be creative. So a lot of times I actually will sit at my sewing machine and be working on projects as my kids get ready for school. They're, okay. they're 12 and 15. So I can talk to them and I'm like getting my, my goodness in my fun yeah. stuff. in. Um, then I typically am at my computer. I'm working on curriculum uh, video series to go along with the book. So I'm working on that. How I'm working fun. on, I'm working on book two. So I try to get two to three hours of writing in Awesome. Then I try to get some exercise in. I'm working on getting to the gym three times a week. How many times have I done it? (laughs) Let's not talk about that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I try to get some girlfriend time in at least once a week. Um, I I schedule time to see someone face to face, have a quick lunch or go for a walk, get some coffee. I probably talk to a friend every day on the phone for at least 15 minutes. Um, And then the kids get home from school and I try to not be on the phone or the computer for a few hours and and be present for them. They don't need me as much as they used to. So a lot of it is trying to find ways to engage myself that I can be interrupted. So Mm. I save most of my housework for when the children are home. And this has revolutionized my life yeah. too. It partly shows them what I do yeah. around the house. Oh, no, it doesn't just stay this way it magically. stay this way. But I can't write and I can't have yeah. good conversations with people when they're home. I yeah. can fold laundry and clean bathrooms.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: so that has changed my life. I used to try to clean everything before I worked. And now I work first. And then I clean when the kids are home. And then I love to cook. So most of the time we eat dinner at home. We do the dinner at home as a family thing. And my husband and I are looking at how do we have time alone? Mm -hmm. We used to um, be able to do that while the kids went to bed, but now they stay up later because they're older. So (laughs) (laughs) we spend time with them until about 930. And then we really try to have a conversation before we fall asleep at 10. That's what it looks like. I'm always yeah.
1: like with my 13 year old, like, Hey, I love hanging out with you, but I need some time to wind down just myself before I go to bed.
0: So off with you. Yeah. The first year that our daughter was watching television with us from yes. eight to nine, I was like, what are you doing down yeah. here? And I felt bad about it, but yeah, we were, I was kind of a sleep Nazi when they were little. I'm sorry, yeah. Nazi use a terrible word to use yeah. lately, but I was, we really, were a
1: baby wise
0: mama. Oh gosh, I was. And that's in the book and I, I <laughs> yeah. regret it now, but yeah. yeah, I, my kids, we always had two hours every night because our yeah. kids had solid bedtimes and that's changing. So we've initiated, we've been married 20 years. We have finally figured out date night. It's the nice. First, it's the first Friday of every month we go on a date and it, it was funny. Our teenage daughter went, well, what if I have something to do and I need a ride? And we're like, you find another ride or yep. you don't get to go because yeah. mom and dad need one night. And if we didn't have that on the schedule, it would just not happen for like just 20 not years. <laughs> Although I was teaching a retreat and my husband called me and he's like, Hey dude, you left. It's date night. Oh. I'm like, well, <laughs> sorry.
1: When I teach well, a women's a retreat, yeah.
0: <laughs> when I teach a women's retreat in the mountains, date night's yeah. off. Yeah. We'll go next week
1: that's reasonable.
0: Yeah.
1: Okay. So what is some way that you are currently cultivating loveliness in your life? Hmm. I feel like
0: I should say something about friendship because that's what my book's about. But oh. honestly, it's, um, that I find time to do creative things. Yeah. I, I love to sew and I love beauty. And yeah. so my home is kind of a canvas. I love to vintage shop. So, I make myself aprons because I like to finish things and I wear a really cute apron every single day. Fun. Um, I make quilts that, and those take a really long time. Yeah. So I find small projects to finish because I get, mama gets crabby if she can't finish her blog or yes. finish a sewing project. So that is one of the things. And I love that hobby because I give most of what I make away. Mm, yeah. So it kind of becomes a way that I show love to people as I, I make yeah. things. My friend Josie is coming over next week with her mending and we will actually have play, a play date together where I get out <laughs> my sewing machine and I like fix things for her. Oh, I love it. <laughs> I'm like the neighborhood Halloween costume mender and things oh, like that too. That's so. so fun. I love that.
1: It's a, a useful skill these days. Not many people have it.
0: Yeah. And I, I really enjoy it. So it's a way that I bless myself and others. That's awesome. Well, some
1: way that is very random and small that I have currently been cultivating loveliness Mm -hmm. is I've been accessing Pandora more. (laughs) And like, I just, I usually, I have like five albums in my, you know, I music whatever on my phone mm-hmm. that we listen to like on repeat and repeat and repeat. And I finally decided like, okay, we need some fresh tunes and I need something that's just like going to totally take me out of where we're at right now. So it's been a, a rotation of the Ed Sheeran channel, <laughs> the Jonas Brothers
0: of all things and hey. Friend
1: Collective. Oh so, my gosh. That's
0: so funny. Yeah. I, I love like, music too. Crazy. I always, I have music on all the time and yeah. my friends are like, do you listen to worship? Not as much. Yeah. I love worship, but yeah. I, I just listen to music that makes me feel good.
1: Yeah, and sometimes you just really need, like, a good dance beat, and, Mm -hmm. like, sometimes in the mornings, throwing on a little Jonas Brothers gets everybody moving.
0: You know, we all love that in our house. We're also obsessed with Taylor Swift because I have two girls, so the Lover album is on repeat. Yep,
1: yep, and, well, and every once in a while, because it's Pandora, it'll throw in, like, some really great song from, like, the 90s or early 2000s, and I'm like, you guys, it's Train, and, like... (laughs) (laughs) Sing it along, and you know they're all just All right, like, a little Blink
0: 182 for <laughs> Mama. <Yes.
1: laughs> so it's been super fun to like have this like total random mix of music, and mm-hmm. yeah, been having fun with it. That's great. Okay, are you ready for my stock questions? Yep. Okay, candles or essential oil diffuser? Candles. Okay, cloth napkins or paper? Cloth. I make them myself, baby. Oh, look at you. Of course you do. Okay, city or country? country, All though right. it's not where
0: I live. Okay.
1: Paper or digital? Oh, no. <laughs> Paper. Okay. Shopping, would you rather do it online or in the store?
0: In the store.
1: All right. It's four o'clock or whatever time you're making dinner and you need a mental break. Do you listen to a podcast or music? Music. Okay. And what's some of your favorite? Like if you were to just turn
0: something on. I have some playlists that I have made for parties that I have thrown. Oh, and so I have a book release party list. Nice. <laughs> and I have my 40th birthday Fiesta, which was a country line dancing party. So fun. I listen to, yeah, a mix of country music, Tom Petty, Ryan Adams, and um, a little oldies thrown in there. Nice. Nice. Okay. Chocolate,
1: milk or dark? Dark. Okay. Sports or no sports? Sports. Okay. Live broadcasting. Would you rather broadcast or watch?
0: Broadcast. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Favorite movie? When Harry Met Sally. Oh, yeah. You talk about it in the book. And also (laughs) Talladega Nights, The Ah! Ballad of Ricky Bobby. (laughs) Currently writing a blog called If You're Not First, You're Last.
1: Oh, my goodness. (laughs) I have never received that answer.
0: In 136
1: oh, episodes. So
0: I am <laughs> slightly ashamed awesome. of it, but just the prayer about dear eight pound, five ounce baby Jesus in his gold diaper just puts it oh on the top my of goodness. my list. Yeah.
1: Thank you. Thank you for that. Okay. You're welcome. If you were to put yourself on the crunchiness spectrum, where zero is totally not crunchy and 10 is like singing kumbaya by the fire with your legs unshaven and dreadlocks in your hair
0: where would you be? I think I'm a solid six on the crunchy. All
1: right. That's That's a good score. Well, thank you so much for joining me today, Amanda. It was a joy to talk to you. I loved your book and I hope that a lot of women read it, listen to it because it has so many things that we just need to hear.
0: Thank you so much. This was really fun, and I want to give one little tip to your listeners, and that is, if you like audiobook, if that's your jam, I highly recommend it because there is a chapter in the audiobook that didn't make the manuscript.
1: Ooh!
0: It was a bonus chapter um, for pre-orders, but it's it made the audiobook, and it's called "Giving Up the Ghost," and it's about how to exit unhealthy relationships Ooh, yeah. or how to scale back um intimacy when a relationship feels unhealthy and I am I'm real proud of that chapter yeah. it's super practical and I would love for them to get a chance to listen to that.
1: Yes, absolutely. All right well thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you. Yep yeah, bye bye right that's it for my episode with Amanda if you would like to find the show notes for this episode you can go to boldturquoise.com slash 139 or you can also just swipe up in whatever app you are listening to the podcast on and you should be able to find the show notes there so if you want links to things it's a really easy way to be able to find them and hey did you know that if you go to Amazon through any of those links in our show notes and you buy anything that you want to buy it doesn't just have to be the thing that was linked to we actually get a little bit of credit it doesn't cost you any more money but it does help support the show. And so we would be so grateful if you would use our Amazon links when you are purchasing things there. Also, if you want to do us a solid, here's a few other ways that you can help support cultivating the lovely. One, you can be leaving those ratings and reviews in iTunes. The higher the rating, the better. Leave just a little short review of why you like the show. And then it helps iTunes to let other people know that you enjoy the show and that they should listen too also if you do a little shout out on social media it can be in a story it can be on a post any way that you want to share on social media we would be so so grateful and if it's on Instagram I will be sure to share it back to my stories feed as well I so appreciate those of you who have done that lately it makes such a difference and it's just so fun to be able to see that hey you're listening and you enjoy the show and of course lastly we would love for you to come over and join us in patreon it's an amazing group of ladies I think it's the best group of ladies on the internet so come over and join us on patreon.com/ cultivating the lovely and we would love to welcome you with a big virtual hug into the group all right until next week ladies thank you so much for your support and go be bold and gracious.